0: with the Empress having given them a covert mission. Penny said the ride into the Glenik Peaks was quite picturesque. He enjoyed swapping stories with the other soldiers around the campfire, probably feeling right at home among them again.
1: So when we last left you guys, Captain Annika Chelsea was leading you into the Glenic Mountains. You had stayed over on the edge of town, and then under the cover of... Darkness pre dawn, you left and headed north. And you've gone, after a day or so of riding, you've reached the foothills entrance into kind of these mountains. The mountains run north south all the way from the capital to where the northern territories begin. The northern territories being the area that rebelled against the empire and is now part of the Republic of Garia. The entirety of the mountain range belongs to the capital itself and the imperial family either side the west side of the mountains is the principality of kelly Brook, and the east side of the mountains is the kingdom of thern which all make part of the empire together so craigstow owns all of that right correct so there's a little bit of goat herding maybe some sheep herding that kind of goes up into the foothills themselves but the mountain range is considered to be uninhabited there aren't any towns or trade routes that really pass through or part of this because the mountains are so steep and your capital at the south where everything gets easy to cross is the most easiest place to get to for all three of the areas that make up the kingdom the clinic mountains are not easy to traverse you're finding it a little bit easier with the horses the clinic horses are sturdier breed with steady legs and all of that they are a little bit better suited for the climbing than if you were on foot as you guys are approaching you're in the foothills the oak trees and the ash trees begin to give way to pine trees there's still a lot Mm. of lushness to it because there's a massive amount of water that passes through the center of this in a big gorge this waterway is collecting all the snow melt and glaciers when it melts that Runs through the middle and really feeds uh-huh. into Craigstow, as opposed to branching out to the rivers. The main rivers that everybody trades on that connects with Elinwick is south of those mountains. It all feeds from them, but to the south, so it's a little bit more arid as well as you get to the the rain shadow of these two mountains.
0: What's the temperature in this area? Once we get up there,
1: pretty cold. You're about the middle or late summer, so the sun is bright and warm but the air obviously is thinning the higher you go in altitude and so a light jacket is needed anytime you're in the shade you know it's one of those situations where you dress in layers you have your button-up shirt and then you've got your kind of duster over the top of that on so and I'm off not looking
0: for like snow or anything at the moment. yeah you
1: haven't <laughs> found any snow yet a lot of it has melted off for sure and there's a steady incline north so you guys are working as the water comes down it goes into the lake the south tip of the mountains and you're working your way from the south heading north and so since the water runs that way the mountains get steeper the more north you go you've been traveling with captain Chelsea who insists on being called Annika Gerwin, yes, aka Biggs and four other soldiers Annika seems very professional she's at the front of the line leading it she's not really into talking Gerwin, he's still a little rough around the edges from the whole incident at the pub. So, there's four (laughs) folks left that you guys can have had a chat with. I'm curious on what Lockwood's interaction with one of those two groups is.
0: See, here's the thing. With Lockwood, the original thought would be he would go pester Annika about things, but like you said, she's not up for talking, so half a day is spent him trying to pester Annika and her not answering his questions. So then he falls back to the back of the line, which is Fagan and Bryce, and Unfortunately, they had to put up with him. So that's kind of where I'm thinking this kind of goes in that direction, where they're moving along and they're talking about... price of tea. The price of tea. Oh, great. <laughs> All right, so then he slides in on it. He's like, actually, you know, you could go about it a different way. You don't necessarily need that kind of tea. You also could know the people who actually get it from the... Why are you looking at me that way? I see you're making friends,
2: Luther. Remember, they're Marines. Not necessarily merchant
1: Marines. There's a loud grunt from near the front. Oh. And what was Pickleson's interaction with with Murray's and Jerry's? I think
2: Murray's and Jerry's, I think we're talking about fishing. Since we're near the river, I assume, as we're climbing, and being Marines stuck on a ship for throwing a line in and seeing what you can come up with is a good way to pass the time on long, long,
1: ships. The riding continues on until you reach the foothills of the pass. The mountain starts to get a lot steeper and the pine trees are starting to break away from the peaks that you're going to have to cross over to get to the gorge that's inside. And Annika calls for making camp for the night. All right, let's make camp here.
2: Traversing the pass in the fading light is unsafe for the horses. We'll head into the gorge at first light.
0: Sounds like a good idea. Hops off and starts helping. Which one had the rod? Jerry's. So you're talking about this trek up here is not treacherous, but it is definitely difficult terrain. Because it's difficult terrain to get up this way, we're not obviously seeing any like spots where you would indicate the sheep have gone through here with the sheep herder and stuff like that, right? This area is not really accessible in that way yet.
1: Yeah, so... What you're riding right now is the main trail if you want to get up into the mountains. I imagine the merchant marines and the other military folk do training along this line. You know, there's no rule against the herds coming up into the mountains, but you there there's a distinction that makes it difficult for the farmers. So you're even gonna go into a more isolated place. But where you're camping for the night is on a trail that people from Craigstow can ride. There's a remote rural village to the northwest of you so my thought
0: on the situation is Lockwood's looking at this and he's trying to well granted he's talking with everybody and whatnot but he's being observant as far as where someone would be in this area if they were to be in this area and like you're saying it's on the trail so there's not much deviation at this point in time from the trail that somebody could make for it to be habitable or you know convenient for them so he's just Keeping an eye out because I mean the body did wash down river, Mm -hmm. so he's just keeping an eye on, basically looking for like old camps or something like that, remnants in that way. But obviously we haven't found anything yet. But that's
1: his mindset. I think Lockwood inspecting the area around you do notice that there's quite a few remnants of campfires in this area. As you're setting up camp, this is a clearing that seems to get used a lot. Okay, but I would think your geographical knowledge would let you know that it's not unusual yet anybody if someone were to die in the area that you're in there's no way for them to naturally fall into the river because to your right or to the east of you is the mountain range itself the large peaks you haven't crossed over once you cross over in the morning you're expecting to be traveling the various rivers and gorges and all of that that's in there Okay. The, it's a very kind of wet and lush valley in between the two kind of major peaks so at this point it wouldn't be natural but it also wouldn't be likely
0: that it would happen in this area yeah.
1: cool. so lots of marines stay over this p- specific camping spot as well as a few of the Plus farmers
0: the, true and like the way it sounds like you're alluding to it sounds like the marines if they were training up in this area would have noticed the body before okay. it got down in the river anyway exactly
1: yeah The campfires, the remnants of camping and men having stayed here, it seems like it's pretty standard operating procedure for to stop over at this particular spot for the night and then cross over into the gorge in the morning so that you're crossing it with the most daylight possible. And so all of the remnants are clinic in that sense. Uh They don't seem to be coming from the north. It's all stuff that you would expect to see. Nothing's out of the ordinary here. Okay.
0: But that's a good baseline that I wanted yeah. to know. Okay, so Luther will help set up camp just as if he was anybody else. So whether he's useful at it or not. We'll find out if
1: he's useful. We've been going for a little while. We haven't oh, rolled. Oh. This is a survival check. Now, What kind of survival check? I would like average survival check. And you can have a boost for all the folks that are here supposed to be making sure that you survive.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right no no sir please let us take over and do this you just sit your pretty little butt down
1: so while it's a survival uh, check you're essentially rolling to see how annoying you are to the other soldiers who are here to take care of you
2: in that uh, case can i give i get a boost because yeah, i give him a boost for help with
0: yeah
1: yeah you can give him a boost if you want to assist uh, <laughs> keep me from being too annoying
0: hey he's two three successes and one advantage useful three successes and one advantage useful that's excellent so what i'm thinking advantage wise if you let me spin it this way I'm actually proving that I can, I'm not a high society, useless aristocrat. So the successes are, hey, I know what I'm doing, but at the same time, I'm not trying to do their jobs for them. I'm trying to help along the way. So it just shows them that, okay, he's not as, he may be annoying what he talks about, but at least he's not so highbrow and above everybody that he doesn't know how to survive. Yeah. You've scored some respect with them. So what's Pickleson doing now? What is Pickleson doing? I
2: was thinking just having a little fishing chance to go fishing.
1: I like, want to let you fish, but there's no water here yet. You haven't crossed over to the gorge. Oh. I ask would be, does Pickleson know a good campfire story for the soldiers in Lockwood? He could tell us.
2: You want me to come up with a campfire story? Sitting around the campfire, the men are warming up rations and pretending like it's delicious complaining a little bit my last engagement we would have traded any amount of beads and trinkets for this stale mac and cheese that you're eating we had so many trinkets and wares that we were using them as barriers but the one thing we didn't have was stale mac and cheese so if you're willing to give it up i would still savor it i remember when we got back on the ships just me and the one native at the end of it all, when we first tasted that mac and cheese, it was the best thing because I knew I was on my way home. I didn't say I wasn't going to eat it. That's fair. You didn't. But if you're not going to finish it, it's still my favorite. I'll trade you. What is this? Chicken and rice? Ugh. You wouldn't want chicken and rice for a mac and cheese? Sure. Here you go. You can have mine. Thanks, Luther.
1: The rest of the soldiers look away. They all know the mistake that Lockwood just made.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) Luther will never trade with me again. (laughs) That would normally be a despair, sir. I don't know about a threat. Maybe I'll be leery of it
1: next time. Ask a couple of questions. but Gerwin, choking down some of the mac and cheese. And he does ask. You returned with one of the Farlanders.
2: He was the last of his tribe. Great man. Strong has a view on the world that I've never seen before. I heard they were all as elusive as the fog. Can't really see them before they get you. And you're telling me you not only did you meet one, he came back with you. It's when, you know, you're the last of your tribe and have a war trophy. You go where you, you know, you go where the gun tells you to go. Applies for all of us too, doesn't it? I only go where Captain Chelsea... I mean, wherever Annika tells me to go. This is... Where I get you a point? Now, that's the sword. That's a whole different, whole different ring.
0: Oh, this, this chicken and rice is really good. Are you rolling deception for that, Lockwood? Absolutely. 100% rolling deception to save face. Let's see, what is my deception? Hey! Would you know I actually have a rank in deception? Give me something what? you would have at?
1: thought? What's the difficulty of this deception check? Oh, it's just check? average. And you can have a boost for having gotten yourself in their good graces before. Okay. We'll see how this... No successes,
0: but I got two advantages. They can tell I'm choking it down, but they give me props for trying to
1: put on a brave face about it rather than whine. They all kind of give an understanding nod to each other of, yeah, we've all been there with the chicken and rice. <laughs> He's new to this. <laughs> He doesn't know that we all know how much They probably size. enjoyed a little yeah. bit because... Yeah. The aristocrats choking down the chicken and rice. This is great. Awesome. Uh, is there anything else you guys would like to do for the evening, ready to take you over the mountains when you're ready? I, I know
0: what I want to do, but I want to... Let no, me. go ahead. Oh, it has to do with the middle of the night issue with the chicken and rice. So my thing is the middle of the night, he wakes up because of gurgles and bubble guts or whatever from the chicken and rice. So, and he looks up at the night nice sky and it's clear you can see all the stars beautiful he pulls out his notebook and just to help himself clear his head and whatnot he just kind of sketches out a little bit of lay of the land right there he's not the greatest artist but he can do sketches so he's doing a little sketch of the landscape where they are at and where they're going to be going just to kind of clear his head for
1: about an hour and then goes back to sleep i actually have something i'm going to flip a token oh. mm-hmm. and have you roll a vigilance check while you're sketching out there in the middle of the night. Difficulty? It's three purple and a red since i flipped. Oh, jeez. Two setbacks for darkness.
0: Okay. Terrible roll against my poor one yellow and one green. You can flip
1: back if you want to.
0: I don't know if any
1: Allies within short range of me get blue to vigilance. But you're asleep. I'm not near you. He's kind of wandered off into the woods a little bit.
0: I said the edge of the camp. Yeah, I'll flip back just because. Yeah. Chance for a triumph is a chance for a triumph. Uh-huh. Okay, for the listeners at home, that's two yellows, one red, three purples, and two black. All right, here we go. Wow, that is so many failures. Wow. I did roll two successes. However, there were eight failures against me. That's amazing. And I also got one threat just for the heck of it. Luther is completely oblivious
1: to whatever in the world you had me roll for. It. Uh-huh. A chill runs down Lockwood's spine as he finishes up his sketch and heads back. A shiver of discomfort because of the breeze of the mountain, surely. Yeah,
0: he kind of stops and glances over his shoulder and heads back a little bit faster.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Good, I don't
0: get mauled by anything in the middle of the night. That's even better. No, just Just
1: a cold breeze runs down your spine. That's all. So after a brief unsettling end to a wonderful evening of sketching for Lockwood, (laughs) the eight of you wake up the next morning and mostly wordlessly pack up camp back onto the horses the trail isn't so narrow that the horses won't be able to go up into the mountains what they're designed for and bred for in this situation and so they take the bedrolls all the materials and get it all loaded back up and you in a single file line once again head up the pass you leave the, the tree line and carry up one of the smaller peaks and you can see there's a half-worn trail that snakes in between two of the smaller peaks, and the higher up you go, you hear the familiar sound of rushing water. It sounds like Craig Stowe once again. That always kind of has a constant river, waterfall sound to it. It's not too arduous a ride. The horses do most of the work for you guys. Mm -hmm. It's a quiet, still morning as you crest the trail and come into the valley that sits between the two peaks that define the boundaries for the respective kingdoms and you can see why there isn't necessarily a rule that forbids societies from starting up a town up in the mountains but they are particularly hostile to more than a couple of people at a time the trails are narrow and thin and slippery the waterways are large and torrent here and there's a, it's a big, lush valley. As you come down the trails, there's a line of pine trees that mixes back with kind of the oak and ash trees. Lots of undisturbed foliage and all of the leaf fall and litter. Once you're in this valley, you're never dry again. I'm picturing this as if the massive Mississippi River was transplanted into the middle of the Rockies, creating a valley that has some elements of the grand canyon and the colorado river yeah there's some elements where you can trail along you've got wide open larger beaver dam lakes that are part of this river that spill over and carry on and then it narrows again into rapids and some of it has elevations that are pretty steep to make it up to the next part and you guys are on the west side of the mountains it seems that was selected because it has a bit more land to it the east side of the mountains as you're heading north have a lot more jagged cliff faces and things like that
2: the people that aren't military and aren't of the normal sort would probably take the more treacherous trail to stay off the beaten path right
1: depending on their purpose so you know that there's some people who like to hunt and they Uh want uh to be outdoorsy and things like that particularly in that rural town they would come and they would hunt these trails you see the odd dilapidation of a an old fishing lodge here and a little log cabin (laughs) that's been made there that clearly served like one person wanting to rough it for a while but have been like abandoned and all of that you Uh don't really see any people but you see evidence that one or two people like to come and hike in here from time to time that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's just no like establishments of herds or anything like that. The sheep, the goats, all of those, there isn't a reason to drive them over the pass into here because it's just not, you're not gonna get your full herd back when you come back. But you, you got kind of an Eden situation here too because of the undisturbed nature of the wilderness. It's lush and vibrant and Beautiful. the water is crystal clear because of how much of it is like snowmelt and glacier running down. The waters and the rapids keep things from stagnating. Even the the marshes and the pool areas that have calmed down because whatever beavers dammed it up, even those are not churned with mud or anything like that. The the water is clearly fed from multiple sources. The fact that you have at the end, where at Craigstowe you have one massive river that's there. But Mm -hmm. what you have in the valley is a network of smaller streams and trickles and things like that from the north that continue to combine and make larger and larger runs until they combine into one right before they go off the edge. So you can see trails where like three rivers are coming together and there's like a big pool there and then it goes off into one down that way. So we've got... I'm trying to give an idea of yeah. scale of just, this is a, a massive area to be searching through. But there's a, there's definitely an element of, of luck. And the rations that you guys have are for like a month or two here. And it's not that assuming that you're going to find anything particularly quick, but it is midsummer, So the hunting and game trails are even presumed it's to take pleasant. you even longer. I don't know that anybody's particularly new to this. Annika is keeping track in her journal of the streams and trails and things like that, that you go Mm -hmm. up and you're looking for Mm -hmm. any kind of clues. There isn't a lot of getting off of your horses and inspecting. And I'd say you spend a steady few days in a monotonous routine of being in this gorgeous wilderness, riding for as long Mm -hmm. as there's daylight, and then setting up camp as the evening begins to fall. Usually somewhere by the water, it's almost impossible to escape the water and the mist and the kind of cold that comes from being up in the mountains in the shade at night. Mm -hmm. But you also have access to all sorts of wildlife to hunt and the food gets particularly better as you begin making do uh-uh. with what the mountain's resources are nuts berries all that kind of yeah. stuff grow in here
0: so using the rations as a staple or a fallback mm-hmm. as we're starting to hunt as we're going through
1: yeah i think in conversations annika has been clear that she has no idea how long you'll be searching you know they're relying on luther and yeah. mm-hmm. penny to Lead how to investigate what we're looking for. Although they are familiar with kind of the tracking thing so they're trying to ho- they're hoping it's a squirrel trying to find a hidden nut kind of situation. Uh-huh. They're hoping to that bring you to to a place where you can conduct an investigation. But so far, all elements that you've done, like searching the the dilapidated the Fisher hut and all of that, haven't revealed any clues to somebody who would be carrying Garian currency.
0: And we're not seeing any extra campsites that may have been snuffed out or anything along the way because there's just nothing there even on the eastern side for what we
1: here. Yeah. It is, there's a kind of systematic approach that Inica is taking that is you are slowly and steadily exploring north. The idea is he washed from somewhere and you're going to start at the base and you're working your way up because that's where Craig Stowe is anyway. It makes the most logical sense. And I will say that one of the evenings in particular, maybe a week or so into this exploration of the mountains, you've set up your camp for the evening, pretty early on in the day. That's mid afternoon or something along those lines. But you have a kind of picturesque marsh and lake that's been formed in this wider opening. Mm-hmm. A pretty comfortable place to let the horses rest, and everybody's getting all of their equipment set up. Murray's and Gary's, <laughs> Murray's and Gary's, Jerry's, Gary's, have gone off to hunt, see what they can find. Mm-hmm. And Gary's has lent Pickleson the fishing rod. And see what he can catch out by the lake.
0: And yeah, Lockwood on that. Since you're doing that, Lockwood is probably talking to Annika about things. Mm-hmm. So the newness wears off from the initial part of the trip. Doesn't mean that he's bored mm-hmm. at all, obviously, but he's settling into that routine and getting more and more settled into the analytical side of, okay, so we got to do So we're looking for. Da, 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 da. And occasionally he goes and talks to, he's starting to talk to the soldiers and pick their brains and make them start thinking about what they're looking for, about what you know, what were their takes on things. If you were in that situation you know, what do you think would do this? You know, and picking f- everybody's brains over the last several days. And so that leads him to talking to Annika about it again, kind of re going back around to her and just trying to brainstorm with her.
1: I think that the soldiers have a general consensus on what they think happened. Doesn't- I don't know that Lockwood necessarily agrees because it's fairly convenient they think that someone near the northern tip of the mountains from Garia, stole funds and fled into the valley and just Mm -hmm. tripped into the river at some point or just didn't know how to survive they've dismissed it as someone who doesn't have any sense of survival succumbing to the wilderness out here annika does let you know that there are bears and mountain lions and packs of wolves up, up here They're not anything Uh, to necessarily be concerned about, but those are the predators that are in this valley for sure.
0: Yeah. He's not disagreeing with the soldiers. He's just not agreeing with them. Oh yeah, Occam's razor, that would make sense, but seldom is it Occam's razor. So, you know, he's just keeping his thoughts on that until we can find more information, but got to catalog everything. Uh And I think Pickleson, on the other hand, is
2: going more native and his thinking since he's traveled and he's hanging out with mordleg who's more in tune with the world so to speak and was wondering if there's any ruins any moss covered ruins that people have come upon or any
1: legends there's definite legends and fairy tales about this valley as well that people don't so much put any faith in nowadays but Uh i've mentioned the terrain itself doesn't really lend itself to any kind of established village or anything along those lines. But a couple centuries ago, people were more in tune with these fairy tales and that they were also a a scary, dangerous place because of the mythological creatures, the fairy tale creatures that lived up here. There's stories of wood elves and fairies and werewolves. At the same time, most, if not all, of the expeditions of the larger groups that come up here return. Uh, some of them might say that they heard something weird or saw something strange. Yes, but the modern Elenwick way, the modern Glenick way, isn't to put too much stock to those stories. So what is Pickleson contemplating while casting his rod out into this lake?
2: He is contemplating what it would look like to have a city in this area like where he would put things. He's been in enough places and there's water, but the water's high, you know, and we look over and there's a beaver dam over there. And a rock slide would help back this up. If it was lowered, you know, he drain some of the marshes and uh, stuff like that. I think he's part of his reading is been fairy tales, not military encounters, but uh, stories of the old days. He's trying to get in touch with... The humanities and how people think and stuff like that. That's- yeah
1: As you're contemplating those and you're looking out, you're looking north at the moment at the waters that are coming down towards you, filling this basin up. And as you kind of look off from the distance and you're noticing the the dams and the rock slides and all of that, you notice that one of the several trails of water that come into this lake have been cut off by a rock slide. A moment for you looking at that of just it's a good thing it didn't cover all of the lake because that would kill off the the river downstream at some point the whole waterfall could cease if mm-hmm. more rock slides were to happen and then there's a tug on the the fishing rod oh yeah yeah get some on this
2: lake trout looking up to that oh. slide that looks now these are large cascading waterfalls so it would have to have been a major slide for it to stop that one particular water stream, right?
1: Yeah. The streams that come in are of various sizes. They eventually make one large one. And yeah, the waterfall, this one in particular, that has had a slide close it, wasn't large or necessarily even that steep. It was coming into a flat area. And so it was yeah. a little, a, a short waterfall. But yeah. the, the slide has perfectly gone. Cut off where that cliff is, too. The rocks have come down from the west and slid into this river basin and then piled up to such an extent that only a little trickle of water is coming through the middle of it. You can see the remnants of where this waterfall would have been much wider, unnecessarily taller. That as you reel in this trout, there's something odd wrapped around the trout. It seems to have been caught into something and you've more snagged whatever's wrapped around this trout than the trout being alive Never was a very good fisherman as you reach in and you examine what's been wrapped around the trout the thoughts of the last few days remembering meeting mortal leg remembering the battle I would like Pickleson to make a hard discipline check
0: I oh, know great we have a point you can flip it Ooh, for our last point, it's to avoid PTSD.
1: (laughs) Uh,
2: Hard is three, correct? That's correct. I'll flip. You can have a boost with it though too.
0: All right, let's see. Do I have any talents? No. What about a boost for being well rested and this being not out of the ordinary for your past? I like.
1: I like. Uh, That kind of feels like the one I was giving already. Okay. Oh,
0: okay. That's right here
2: here we go. Yeah. Absolute wash. Okay. (laughs) Wow.
1: That boosts. So, as you clear the, the trap from the line and you look at it, what it's wrapped in, and you you see that it's it's tangled up in a messy knot of uh, waxed thread, similar to the one that you found on the body, nice. but much longer, as if it was just kind of pulled from a, a, a spool or something along those lines and then got in and this fish got tangled in it for some reason. And as you slowly kind of pull it apart, the you know the Those sounds of that battle return. There's the the gunfire and the the yelling and the screaming and the explosions. And there's a a moment of pause. Pickleson is back at the battle. And his hands is a waxed threat. This one's red. The one you've been holding is more of a dingy brown color. And you have a lighter with it as well, you have a a spark and you set fire to the end of the waxed thread and it sparks to life and falls from your hands. And you know that you're in danger and you rush back behind cover. You see a large group of hostile towards you, charging in towards your fortification. You've been losing ground and all of that. And as a large crowd kind of crests a hill there's a loud explosion and more gunfire and more screaming. And there's kind of, it takes a minute to take some deep breaths and calm yourself and come back from the savagery that you were in the middle of that battle on. And you know that what you're holding in your hand is a fuse. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Foxglove Letters. We hope you've enjoyed the adventure so far and can't wait to see where the story goes. Before we go, we want to let you know that we love hearing from our listeners. If you have a question for our players, their characters, a comment on the story, or just want to say hello, drop us a line at diceycantina at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Dicey Cantina for behind the scenes artwork and world building. Or if you just prefer to chat, join the Discord. Links to everything are in the show notes. If you're enjoying the show, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast platform, as it helps us grow the show and reach more listeners. The foscov Letters is a creation of Dicey Cantina, playing Genesis by Edge Studio. Until next time, dear listeners, don't forget the words of Mr. Cunningham when he said, don't just watch the world pass you by. Reach out and grab the stars.